0: This is Misty Jane, and you're listening to Backroom Beauty Talks, a real, raw, and unedited podcast that helps uplift the hair industry one stylist at a time. Hello there, friends. Today, I am having a conversation with Britt Carmichael. She is the world by Britt on Instagram. Oh my goodness, this wonderful pink haired unicorn. I just met her in person at Hair Love Retreat, and she really is um, just a magical human being. Um, You want to talk about somebody who just embodies kindness and self love, um, and it really leaks into everyone that she is around. Um, So I'm super honored to have her on the podcast, and I guarantee this is not going to be the last time that she is on because I. Probably could have talked to her for about four hours. Um, Britt is a soul and business coach. She is also a podcaster with her husband. They have a podcast, The Elevated Life. Um, she has her own oracle deck, which is absolutely stunning. If you um, like to pull cards, it's something that I am I'm starting to implement in my life. She would be so proud of me when she listens to this. Um uh but absolutely gorgeous she's also the founder of shine school so shine school is essentially um a program that really makes you shine from within because at the end of the day, um, we have to be happy with ourselves before we can ha- be happy with anything else in our lives, ourselves, our business, um, others, our friends, all of the things. So um, please, please enjoy this conversation. Uh, we talk about kindness. We talk about we talk about all kinds of things, to be perfectly honest. So enjoy and do not forget, if you like this episode, take a screenshot, post it on the gram tag me tag brit tag the new backroom beauty talks instagram and if you are a listener and you are not following that yet please go and do so Um, basically the podcast is getting a new instagram home and my goal is for it to just be one a place to tell you what new episodes are out but also a place to uplift um, the guests that come on to this podcast and a place that's just going to make you feel good you know let's be real, we all need uh, a little more feel good in our lives these days. So um, enjoy the conversation. Here we go. Hello, Britt. Welcome to Backroom Beauty Talks.
1: Thank you for having me. I just loved getting to meet you at Hair Love Retreat. It was so amazing to connect with you.
0: So I'm super excited because I did not think you and I would connect, which I think we've already a little bit talked about, but... <laughs> I really thought that you were going to be like, so woo woo that I'm just like, I don't know what she's saying. I don't, (laughs) I don't know what's happening, but honestly, I think I took away probably more from you and the things that we talked about, like one-on-one and the things that you said, you know, on, in your keynote and all the things more than probably anyone else. So I just like really appreciate like you, one, the magical unicorn that you are, (laughs) And two, you know, not blocking myself off to you, which I probably wouldn't have done anyway. I'm not that kind of person, but
1: (laughs) yeah, I, I mean, honestly, last day when you said, I didn't know that I was going to like you. I'm like, Oh, my sparkle magic rubbed off. Like it worked. So I really appreciate your honesty because that's, that's really what's important to me is like honesty, truth, integrity, beauty, like those are like definitions of like what I stand for and my integrity. So I just, I really, you know, for example, my mother-in-law, she told me one time, Brit, I just don't call you anymore. Cause I don't want to know the truth. <laughs> well, I appreciate that honesty right there. Like, thanks. So I really, that made me love you so much more because I know that I can be real with you. And that's why when you said podcast, I'm like, hell yes. Like yes. let's have a real conversation because that's where growth happens. When you open your mind to be curious enough to go, well, If it's working for her, like hmm, maybe I could learn something or vice versa. And so there's like a lot that I feel like we can share and help people like open up all parts of their brain so that, you know, it's flow through life and business. You can't just like be really good on one end of the spectrum and then you're like missing out something back here. And I feel like a lot of us have achieved that external you know, like right? knock knock off all the to-do lists and feel successful or make money or have like the house and the goods or whatever your story is. But what I was hearing a lot from the stylists that are so successful that, that joined was that they weren't happy. And like, that's a choice. Happiness is your choice. And so I realized like we can have everything on the outside, but if we don't have the inside, I realized that with my clients in the chair, I'd make them look amazing. I know that balayage look good. And they're like, Oh, I don't wish to wear makeup. I'm like, I don't look good. Or I, you know, like I hate, I should have, I hate these clothes. Like, Whoa. Like you just don't even realize the gift
0: I gave you. And you're just like,
1: just destroying it, you know?
0: Yeah. It's so. fascinating because the only clients I've ever had to break up with, there's been three I've been doing here for, it'll be 19 years this year. Oh, and wow. So three people and every single one of them basically like apologized to me because really it was something they weren't happy with within themselves. And a lot of times it was age, you know, their hair is different or whatever. And it was, I always found that really interesting because I'm like, wow, you're making me miserable because you're not happy on the inside. Yeah. I personally can't fix that. But you're one of those people that help people fix it. So before we really, really dive in, tell all of the listeners who you are and what you do.
1: Yes, yeah, so I'm Brittany Carmichael. I'm the founder of Shine School, which is what I created after listening to all my clients talk shit about themselves. And the Shine from the Inside Oracle. I've been um, the owner of a luxury vegan hair salon called OMG Hairstyles in the heart of Frisco, Texas. And my mom was a hairdresser, and I learned a lot of what I do from her, from her mistakes, and from her stroke that she had, which I shared in that keynote. So it all of it really was an interesting moment for me in 2012 where I was at the top of my career, but I was one of those unhappy people. And then my mom had the stroke and that really started, you know, that like woke me up to like, shit, like we might not wake up tomorrow. We like really need to, like carpe diem, you know, like we really need to have a good time here. Like what is going on? And so I started asking all those questions for myself and I, I, I would ask my clients as well. And I realized that we're all fucking hard on ourselves, like really hard. And I, I just, I want the a Libra. I want everyone to love and be, be peaceful. And so I just thought, well, I need to do that within myself and I need to help these clients. And I, my mom is like a healer <laughs> There's like hairdresser healers out there for sure. You just don't know. It. It's like you're disguised as a hairdresser, but ultimately you're like a heart healer and there's just something magnetic about you, or you've gone through a hard life experience where you have wisdom to share. And I feel like so many of us have that capacity. If we're just willing to learn from the pain instead of like repeat it. So for me, I decided to learn from it, to heal it, to release it and to use it, to empower me, to help other people. I, I don't know who, I don't know why my soul chose this mission, but I'm just hanging on for for the ride, right? Like, who signs up for this? Like, I want to be a psychic and help people hear the, heal their trauma. Like, okay, cool. You know, like seems kind of a weird one. Cause I just wanted to be a hairdresser and every sign kept hitting me in the face. Like, this is what you're meant to do. I, I had so many people from the beginning, the beginning of my career, even Chris, I remember I was getting ready for the salon one day and he said, babe, I see you on stage. This is funny. Cause you just witnessed this, babe. I see you on stage. Like, empowering all these women. Like you're just telling your story. I'm like, Oh no, God, no, I'm just a hairdresser. I just want to do hair. Like I I will not do that. I was so resistant. So it's so funny now coaching, you know, empowerment, coaching, to people help people find their passion is they don't know. And it's right under their nose and they're naturally doing it already. So uh, that's kind of me in a nutshell. I'm like 99% unicorn and that 1% practical. So you guys can understand what the fuck I'm saying. Right.
0: (laughs) Well, let me ask you this. Do you feel like somebody has to hit like rock bottom and feeling like shit to find their happiness. Like it's very rare when you meet somebody that has just spent their whole life in, in this like happy internal place.
1: Yeah. I think that we're culturally conditioned to do that. I always say, please don't wait till you suffer to make a change because I watched my mom, you know, she was bleeding. She was bleeding vaginally for six months and she was like, Oh, Jesus will heal me. I'm fine. And she finally went to the doctor and they're like, you need a hysterectomy. And she went in for the hysterectomy. And during that experience, she had a stroke. And when she finally woke up after months of regaining speech, um, she was paralyzed. I mean, it was literally a miracle to watch her wake up. When I asked her, mom, why'd you do this? She said, because everybody needed something from me. I realized that there was a toxic relationship going on between her and my dad that she wanted out. And that was the way, that was like her unconscious way of getting out without voicing her opinion. And so I feel like we look around and allow ourselves to suffer because you change for one of two reasons. One, you suffer enough. So sure that invokes change or two, you learn information. And that's where I have hope that we don't have to hit rock bottom to make those changes. If we start to notice ourselves spiraling down, let's not take the joy ride all the way down. Cause it's really not joyful. Let's go. Oh shit. Mayday. Hey, like For me, when I hit the, and this is no offense to any sizes or weight, but for me in my personal life, when I hit size 17 pants and I had to buy that next size, I was like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, I've got to take control of my health. And I knew that it was an eating issue. And so, and I knew it was a self-love issue. I was talking shit about myself. I don't love my body. I hate my body. And that was just a physical representation of me going, you know what? Now's the time. Like, Hey, I've suffered enough. I'm going to change, but now we can recognize like, Hey, something's off. I don't feel really good. I'm not making healthy choices. There's so many resources available now that maybe weren't available in the past. So we did have to suffer and learn the hard way. So I think now with the amount of education and wisdom that people are sharing, um, it's out there, you know, whatever you're suffering through, people have been there and done that. And they're willing to help you.
0: I think that because of the way that society is, we don't even realize we're rock bottom. You know, it's like I keep having this conversation with people, like if somebody comes up to you and says, you know, hey, how are you? What is the automatic response? Oh, my God, I'm so busy. And the person usually thinks, oh, they're they're so successful, you know, when really it's like that could be burnout, that could be stress, that could be like really like a, a horrible life, you know, and instead of just like going, yeah, like my life's good, like I'm not that busy, I have downtime and, the, you know, you in your mind, the other person might be thinking, oh, maybe they you know they're not that successful you know and it's like it's like society makes us think that we have to be so busy and we have to be burnt out and we have to be people pleasers or we're just not in the right space. And I love that like these conversations are coming, you know, more to light because I, I'm 36 now and I've never been a hustler per, per se. Like I get shit done, but like I'm not I've I am not i have i have always respected downtime. I'm just, you know, my lazy side. I always respect that. <laughs> um, important. But, I mean,
1: even nature rests.
0: Exactly. But I, I realized the importance of it more. Like before I would say I'm lazy or now I'm like, no, no, no. Like this rest is making me productive tomorrow. Um, mm-hmm. And I think sometimes that is the shift that we need in these conversations are so good for that. You talk about the seven or above rule. And I definitely want to bring that up in this episode. Do you want to explain that one?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So one. One Easter, Chris was like, Hey, um, how bad do you want to go to this like family function event? I was like, Oh, I don't know. Like, I really don't want to go that really that bad. He goes, well, on a scale of one to 10, like 10 was absolutely amazing. The best life you could be living in one, like, "Mm -mm, no, thanks. Like "Mm, maybe like a five. And he was like, well, then why are we doing anything? That's not a seven or above. And that was a moment that like changed everything for us. It gave us like a, it because he's like the Aquarius logical person. So I know your type, you know what I mean? Like I live with you yeah. <laughs> and I have found ways to show how the magic is real because if you just open your mind to like curiosity and that's what I did, I was logical. I was skeptical. I'm an air sign. I'm, you know, like I get it. I use my brain and like, it makes sense. Like I get why people, you'd be crazy not to question, you know what I mean? But when you start questioning with an open mind and things start happening and sign, sign charts start showing up and you realize that those ideas that you had or those feelings of things that you desired and wanted started appearing in your life, you can't help, but be like, well, shit, I think maybe something might be happening. And hell, I had a near-death experience to have to be woken up to that, but I believe it's available for all of us to access with just a little bit of curiosity, a little bit of intention and that space to be able to receive it. Because when we're too busy thinking and being logical and trying to control the plan, you know, we miss out on the magical opportunities. So the seven or above rule was born out of how do we blend the logic and the feeling? Because I'm, you know, if you listen to the way people say, they say I think or I feel, and so I'm listening to the conversation on: Do you use your brain to process things? Do you use logic or emotion? And so when I hear people say, and a lot of creative hairdressers talk about feeling I feel this way or this wouldn't this feel good if we added just a little blah, 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 you know not like I think you need like a money piece you know there's a difference and so we're using different parts of our body and for me I use my my whole body my emotions I'm like ruled by my sacral chakra so creativity and feelings like are a second language to me and so that for us gave us a tool to be able to blend the two how do I feel do I really want to go and then our mind usually is the one that's like playing the guilt trip well your mom wants you to go or what do you think you will think of you like who gives a fuck I don't feel like going and so I think it gives like your mind permission to follow your heart and that's what has been lacking in our culture and I think that's what's starting to happen more and more
0: yeah it's so interesting I always thought that I didn't care what people think and then I feel like the more I go into like healing, whatever you want to call it, like figuring out who I am, all of those things, I realized that I care what people think in a different way than I thought, if that makes sense. And it's like, no, I, you know, I want to do this. I want to wear this. I don't care. But then it's like, I'll be more hesitant to be myself in certain places because, you know, you like, well, will they accept you? Blah, blah, blah. You know, at Hair Love Retreat, I'm still amazed. I do the lip sync battle every year. And I'm still amazed that the human that was on stage during the lip sync battle this year was me you because killed her. I really like, if you look at my video from last year, you could tell I was scared. You could tell I was like, am I, am I going to bore people? Am I going to fuck up? Am I going to trip? Am I going to, or can they see my legs shaking? Like, <laughs> and then you look at this year and you're like, I didn't care what anyone said. I pretended I was that middle school girl on my trampoline singing tragic kingdom, you know, with my mom in the, in the house, like. And you can tell. And it's like, what's crazy to me though about that, like about being worried about what other people are going to think, is like every time you don't care what people think, every time, there hasn't been one time in my life where I have done something that felt right, felt good, didn't care what anyone thought, and it turned out amazing. So, why is our mind our biggest, worst enemy? Like, what is, what the fuck is that? <laughs> like- uh- It's so true.
1: I remember I was wanting to manifest, like spreading my message. I was like, I just, I want to help empower people. And I was trying to step out from behind the chair. I didn't know what that looked like. And so I just put it out there and I manifested this opportunity to be on good morning, Texas as, you know, doing short hairstyles, giving some education. And I got to the studio and Chris and I had rehearsed this, you know, he he's a hypnotist. And so I've healed a lot of my mental patterns through practices like that. So we did a rehearsal of like, I'm going to say all my words correctly. I'm going to do it with ease. My hands still, I probably should have told them to tell my hands to chill out because my hands were like, Rrr. yeah, <laughs> my grandma even commented. I was like, Hey, rude. Like yeah. I did great. Even though my hands looked like they were vibrating, right. you know? Um, but we did all this mental rehearsal, even they're going to come up to you and say how good it was and invite you back, which crazy enough that did happen. But when we got there, I'd done all this mental rehearsal. Like if the Olympian, you know, Olympic champions do mental rehearsal to win, I'm doing it, you know, like I'm, I'm curious enough to experiment and just try things out. And so that's what I've been doing la- the last decade of my life is experimenting with, will this work for me? Like, is this possible and ditching what doesn't. And for me, I got up to that moment. And I, you know, I knew that I manifested, I was conscious. I like, I did this. I'm here. I know I'm ready. And I look at Chris and I'm shaking and sweating. I'm like, Oh my God, please tell me some advice. Give coach tag, help me tell me something. He goes, babe, just be yourself. And I, I just replied, but that's too easy. Mm-hmm. And then it hit me. And I was like, what the hell I've been, I am making it hard on myself. I just have to, I know what I know. I do what I do. There's a reason why I'm here. Let's just freaking go for it. And the same for you, you freaking killed it up there. I mean, you embodied Gwen, no doubt she, her soul came through you (laughs) and like took me back to the nineties. And I was so happy. It was like it was such a highlight. So I appreciate you for being you because that's what makes people fall in love with you is just that authentic. I don't give a fuck. I'm not wearing a mask in different locations with different people. It's, it's the freedom is the ability to take off all the masks that you've been hiding, the people pleasing the, what if they don't like me? And it's self acceptance and self-love that says I am me. I do like, I'm not for everyone, but here I am. And if you love me, like come get me. And that's honestly, I think why you probably fell in love is because I'm not Trying to be anybody that I'm not. And you either like it or you don't. And there's something that's curious enough to make you say, I'm into this. And I hope that, you know, like you being yourself allowed some of those walls to come down so that you could see how magical and amazing you really are. You know, I think we are our mirrors and reflections for each other. So it was really cool to see. Tell me your story. Tell me what inspires you. Like, what do you do? And even Chris was talking about how much he loved your conversation about weightlifting. You know, like just being able to connect on different passions. I think we all like come together and think we have to talk about hair, but we can talk about anything. And I think the more we explore different conversations, the, you know, it's like women back in the day, men went out and hunted and they were quiet, which is why they don't talk. They're like pfft, silent, you know, like I don't hear my feelings. I just kill, you know, right. Uh, And women like gathered berries and fucking chatted up. They're like, here, tell me your secrets. Don't eat those berries. Those will kill you. You know, like we talked. And so I feel like the conversation that we've been having and, and why I started my own suite has been so much about gossip and drama. And I love that. That's your rule. No shit talking
0: like this. is That's my only rule on this podcast. Don't talk shit about other people. Like I
1: think it's beautiful. I I came up with the rule in my salon. I had this beautiful, like velvet, hot pink chair in the corner. And I always, I always had the rule. If the person that I'm about to talk to is sitting in that chair, would I still say the same thing? And that has changed the game for me because I mean, I think we've all been there and shit talked. Like it's a part of our cultural conditioning that I think we are starting to change um, by setting those hard and fast boundaries and saying that's not okay. And same with my clients. I've got a sign on the door that says good vibes only, and it's not a fucking joke. Right. Like if you come in with your crazy, like if I can help you heal and you're willing to change, like, then I understand why you're sharing with me. If you're just there to like bitch and not change, like shut the fuck up. Let's talk about your passions. Like let's figure that out.
0: (laughs) Amen to that. Like, that's my thing. Like, I don't care if you believe complete opposite of everything. I believe if you are yourself, I like you. Like, I mean, unless you're, like, hurting people or you're just really an asshole, I mean, then it's a little harder to like you. But, like, in general, like, I just want you to be yourself. I don't care about any, you know, just be you. Because you can tell when somebody's not themselves. You know, it's not a great vibe. And as far as, like, it's really funny because um, I feel like I'm – judgmental, but not judgmental. Like it's weird because everyone's judgmental to a certain extent. Like you kind of can't help it sometimes. Like even you going into like meet you, like in my head, I already judged that I was probably wasn't going to like you, not even like you, that we weren't going to connect. You know what I mean? And that was a stupid judgment because like I said, you were like one of my favorites, but it's like, my husband and I say this all the time because our humor at home is, we're fucking hilarious and it has a lot to do with judgments. <laughs> I would never say it out loud, you know? Like it's, uh, well, maybe I would. <laughs> it depends on who I'm talking to. Um, but it's like the the judgment thing is quite interesting because we do, we get a picture not only of other people from Instagram, from small little interactions with people, but we also have so much judgment on ourselves. And I think it was Don Bradley who said that when you're judging someone else, it's usually something that you're probably judging within yourself. And like, that was like a game changer for me. Because it's like, okay, like I'm judging this person for this thing, but maybe that's because like, I've done that or I'm doing that or, you know, and it it was like a really interesting perspective change for me. Um, Because I've always said, well, if you don't judge people, how do you pick your friends? (laughs)
1: Oh, seven or above. That's how. (laughs)
0: Yes. Which is, which is great. I mean, that's a great, you know, it's a great way to think about it, but, um, the judgment thing and the shit talking thing, you're so right. Like it's one thing to vent, you know, and then understand why you're venting. Like sometimes I'll vent to my friend or my husband, and then I'll say, but I know it's because of this, 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 or this, and it'll always turn back to me. Like, cause I, I understand now that things trigger me, like that person doing what they're doing has, has nothing to do. What's upsetting me has nothing really to do with them. It has to do with something internally. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's just, it's, but it took me 36 years to get there. Hey, as long as you get there, I don't care
1: how long it takes.
0: Like that the mission is to get there. So
1: high five for that. And I want to take it one step further because, I went through this, one of the cards in my deck is turn criticism into kindness. And it starts with, if we are judging ourselves and we are absolutely judging other people to makes us, it makes us feel better. It makes us relatable. It makes us feel like we're not the worst or the best or the, you know, like whatever story we're trying to confirm in our crazy stories we tell ourselves. But what I started, um, you know, like practicing was like, okay, can I find something to compliment about them instead of criticize? And so I started like assessing, like scanning, like, is there something really unique about them rather than trying to find their flaw? I started reprogramming myself to find that unique thing. And then I started, I took it one step further and was like, I'm gonna tell them about it. So I will pass strangers all the time, be like, oh my God, I love your nails. Oh my God, that necklace, or like just something that stands out that I'm like, I know there was intention behind that. Like you picked that on purpose, you know, like those shoes are crazy. I know you love them. And if you have a husband like me that's always talking about how crazy your shoes are, <laughs> I'm telling you how cool they are, you know? So then I wanted to evolve even more. I'm like, okay, well, now I'm at a place where. what's the difference between noticing awareness and witnessing what they call enlightenment and judgment? Because like, sometimes I notice things about people that in the past might've triggered me where I would judge them, but I'm just noticing it. And I asked, I even asked Chris, I was like, how do I know if it's a difference between like just noticing awareness or judgment? Just because like, you know, if I see something, I'm like, okay, my brain's going somewhere. And we kind of came to the conclusion that it's a judgment if you're emotionally triggered by it. If if you're moved or pulled to like feel a certain way or say a certain thing or you know you know like if it changes your
0: mood like if it like switches your mood yeah
1: correct but if you can just like witness it and like receive that visual with your eyes but not be emotionally charged or moved by it um, and you just carry on in the present moment then I feel like that's more of just awareness so I'm kind of like teetering between like just you know am I what is this triggering me or do I am I just noticing and it's okay you know. Right. So, so I think there's like definitely stages of reframing that to, you know, again, we've, got, we've been culturally programmed
0: y'all. We got, to we
1: got, it doesn't change it. Self-love does not happen overnight. You know, it right. is a practice every single moment.
0: That's what I was going to say. Does it ever really end? Because I feel no. like every time I think I've got a handle on things, like I learned something new and it's like, Oh, okay. Now I need to like, remind myself of this. And then like something else comes up. I'm like, I don't think this is ever ending.
1: (laughs) It never ends. But what I have found is that you can continually explore and expand and, and, and different layers of healing and growth. But the truth is it's always coming back to the basics you know, keeping your life simplified. And are, you know, are you eating well? Are you moving your body? Are you resting your mind? You know, it really does boil down to some really basic principles. And if those aren't being met, then no matter how much knowledge you have, like it won't matter.
0: What is something that you do when you're feeling like anxious or feeling like you're getting in a bad mental place?
1: Mm, Go to nature hundred yeah. percent. Like nature is my happy place. I mean, it's what we are. Like it's, we're from it. We are nature. And so getting back to that source and just like t- drawing inspiration from what I'm seeing, how the animals interact with each other, like, just like, okay, we're not this busy, crazy society. Like we can slow down. We can like play, we can prepare, you know, like I just learned so much from nature. It Um, so for me, yeah, Yeah, I remember having like this crazy, like this is many years ago, had this crazy emotional, like breakdown. I was like crying. I just want to go home. I don't want to be here. I think I was like trying to get off this planet. I'm like, I'm just, why are we here? Just so much injustice. And Chris, we were going to Costco. He turned that car around so fast and took me to the nature preserve, dropped me off by the stream and was like, just cry it out, honey. I just cried and cried. And then I was like, okay, I feel so much better. And then we went to Costco and it was just kind of like a weird, it was one of those weird moments that I'm like, this is definitely my healing spot
0: for sure. Right. So you said something um, when we were hiking that I really liked as well. And it reminds me of something that happened to me in 2020. And um, you had said, basically pay attention to your next step. Don't look up. Don't look at like the summit. Don't look back. Like you're going to get overwhelmed. If you look up, you're going to trip. If you look back, like just, you know, one step at a time. And in 2020, when everything was happening, when the riots were happening and the protests and the the mass, like just all of it, I remember going for a walk and, um, I was in my neighborhood, I'm walking down the street and I was, I was looking straight. I was so happy. I was listening to music because for me, it's the same. Like just going for a walk can like completely uplift walk in music can completely like put me in a better place. I agree. And and I looked to my right and I looked to my left and every single, it was like a movie. Every single house, you could see the news playing. Every single house, you could see someone working on their computer at home. And I still get the chills thinking about it because it was the weirdest like feeling and epiphany. And I felt so back in in that shit spot, looking to my left and to my right and seeing all of these things that like stressed me out and gave me anxiety. And then I just looked forward and I looked and the sun was setting. It was like a really pretty night. And I just immediately felt peace. And it was like this reminder of like, stop looking around and stop looking at everything else. And just like one step at a time. Um, and I really love that because I feel like just the way that you worded it. And then like that situation for me has been something that when I start to get overwhelmed and I start, cause I'm somebody that like, I want to control it, you know? And i that's been what I've been working on is like, I can't control everything. And when I let go of control, then I'm fine. Um, but my anxiety just lives in trying to control everything. And so it's this like one step at a time, look forward, don't look around. Um, the comparison thing is a bitch. And even in that situation, I'm not necessarily comparing, but it's like looking at other things and other people can just fog up your own personal growth so much. Um, is that something that you struggled with at any point? Uh
1: Um, you know, I really have beat to my own drum my whole life. And I think my struggle is, um, feeling okay with that. I'm beating to my own drum, even though I'm doing it, which has been really interesting. Um, like, look, I'm doing my own thing. I'm crazy. I have purple hair. Look at all these piercings in my face. And I'm only 16. Like, oh, look at my tattoos. I'm breaking all the cultural norms, you know, but I would judge myself for that. And I would beat myself up for the choices that I made, even though they were the ones I wanted to make. And so it's interesting because like, I'm doing it and then beating myself up and you guys like, aren't doing it and beating yourself up. So it's like, can we all just like not beat ourselves up here? You know, I feel like if we could just give ourselves that freedom and permission to say like, who am I? And that's the first question you've got to ask when you go on that inner journey of exploration, like, what do I stand for? Where are my boundaries. And I think until we start to assess that we're, we're never going to really know like how we fit into this whole puzzle. And I think it will be an endless loop of judgment and not good enough because that's like what we're fed. And now I think with, again, conversations like this, it just gives us that opportunity to, you know, say, What do I want? Who am I? And there's so much more available now. There's so much more information available and permission to be like, right now we are going through like a radical change of, um, everyone's like kind of coming into their own, no matter what that looks like in their life and like making new, like new categories for business way you know ways of doing business or ways of showing up or ways of wearing clothes or you know like everything is shifting so i think if we could just give ourselves permission to ask what feels good for us and find our own unique creative expression instead of like looking to everyone else and well what are you doing how are you doing it it's not going to work for you i've tried other marketing methods that people swear by and they don't work for me but when i just do what feels good for me and like on a whim just like hey let's just do this random 5 day meditation boom like crazy things happen like Things happen when I work from being inspired. And if we're looking outside of ourselves for that inspiration, and I'm not saying you can't draw it from other things, that's the difference between comparison. If you can look at other people that are ahead of you or different than you and draw inspiration and go, oh wow, that's possible for me. Then I don't think it's like comparison, I think it's inspiration. And it feels a hell of a lot better rather than scrolling through your Instagram feed and feeling like, I'm not good enough. Look at their life. You have no idea what it took for them to get there. Are you willing to put in that work? work? Do you even know how they really feel? They probably, you know, like you probably don't even know, like there's people crying and then they're like posting their picture. And I was literally at Vegas. I was in Vegas before we got to hair love and the Bellagio lights were going off and the fountains, you know, and the people that were right next to me, I was like Instagram husband and the little model girl, just like, you know, Oh, looking so good in front of the thing. And I'm like, she's not even watching the fucking lights. Like she, it's like, you're not even living life. You're like mining data for your virtual world (laughs) in the physical world. You know, you're not even here. Like, so I don't know. I'm probably on a tangent, but I just feel like do your own thing, stay in your own lane, draw inspiration from other people. Like, Oh, cool. That looks fun. I'm going to try that. And like, try it out, experiment in your own life and your, and maybe that's even like doing hair. You know what I'm saying? Like you can apply this to anything, like be inspired by other people, but don't be jealous. Anytime I have a friend say I'm jelly. I'm just like cringe, cringe, cringe. I'm like, you're looking at it wrong. You're not taking the inspiration that this is possible for you. And that's why you're going to keep holding yourself back because you don't believe you deserve it. And that just like, it kills me. So I'm always like, we don't use that word in my friendships. Like, no. And let me help you figure out how you can do that in your life. You know so. I think we just need to cheer each other on and support that we're all different and weird and unique.
0: Yeah, I agree. I find that um, for me, I know that I feel like there's so much value in relatability, which I think is why I love this podcast so much because- Like if you look at my Instagram, I'm not going to post a picture of me crying on my Instagram, but I'll talk about it on my podcast. So Mm -hmm. I always say like Instagram is my highlight reel. If You want like the real shit, like listen to the podcast because Mm -hmm. it's easier to have a dialogue about the hard stuff because I feel like if I'm going to post a picture of myself crying, then I'm going to explain why I'm crying. It feels fake. You know, like to me, I'm not saying that other people that do it, it's fake, but to me, it doesn't feel right because I'm going to, Pick up. I'm crying. I'm sad. And I'm going to take a selfie. Like, (laughs) you know, and it's like it's so I find that having these conversations is great because for me, sometimes when someone talks about, you know, something that they're struggling with, just having that like I'm not the only one because I not a single thing have I ever struggled with. Have I been the only person? Mm-hmm. And I guarantee somebody listening to this, whatever it is that you're worried about, like hair love, let's talk about hair love. For example, how many girls came there terrified to be there by themselves? Terrified. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to meet anyone. No one's going to talk to me, all these feelings, but every person felt that way. Mm-hmm. And it's like the moment it was like, Hey, I was nervous. Hey, I was nervous too. It's almost like the nerves go away. It's yeah. like, I'm not the only one. I mean, we're such community creatures, mm-hmm. um, which is really interesting Because I find it's like, again, the more I am myself, the more the right people show up, which is awesome. Um, But we're also worried about finding, being accepted in a community. So we're so scared to be a hundred percent ourselves.
1: Yeah. You know, it's interesting because when I was going through my spiritual awakening, self-discovery, whatever you want to call it, I felt alone. I'm like, people don't understand what is happening to me. Like angel numbers are showing up like weird shit is going on. And so I felt like, you know, in the community that I'm in, and this might be true for people that are listening. Like I am in a very like, I live right in the middle of the Dallas Cowboys headquarters. Like it's not my jam. Like I definitely stand out. I'm always like, why am I here again? And my guides are like, you're being the light. Okay. You're being the light. All right, fine. But I want to be in nature, you know? So it's really interesting because when I felt alone, I created an online community called the shine tribe sisterhood, because I'm like, there's gotta be other people out there that feel like I do, or are wanting to be more kind or more loving, or like follow their passion and start a business for themselves and like make a difference in the planet. You know, I'm like, there's gotta be other people out there like that. And I've grown that community to thousands of women from all over the world that say the same thing. Like I'm hard on myself. I'm, you know, I have these big dreams, but I'm the one with my fear stopping me from, you know, procrastination or however it shows up in your life. And I'm like, okay, it's the exact same story over and over and over again. And you know, the girls that come to my goddess retreat say the same thing when I, you know, film their video testimonial at the end, they're like, I was terrified to come and now I have a lifelong sisterhood of all these girls. And that's exactly what hair love retreat did for us. It solidified like deep soul relationships that you, I mean, we could talk on Instagram DMS for like months back and forth, but those five days together in the desert, when you sweat together and hug each other and hike. And did you know that angels landing is one of the hardest hikes, most dangerous hikes in the world. It is classified as one of the most dangerous hikes in the world.
0: What Two, two people died this year on it. Apparently Like
1: what in the world? Like what did we just do? And we did it because we had community and because we felt that we weren't alone. If we felt alone, we wouldn't walk up that thing by ourselves, but we are all traveling and traversing up this mountain of life together. And it just makes it so much easier when you can let your walls down and know that you're not alone, that we all have suffered in some kind of way. It's just played out in unique scenarios with different people's names, you know, same characters. Well, it
0: feels it's safety. And Mm -hmm. that's something that I learned this year is, you know, even as a child, like you, we seek safety, you know, and there's safety in numbers, there's safety and, you know, angels landings terrifying, but when you have everyone around you, you know, come on, you can do it. You're fine. Like, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? It's like, you just feel safe. And I feel like, I don't know, it's hard to, um, really like be able to want to stand out on your own, but also like build a community where, like it's scary. So I look at certain communities and I'm like, I'm, I don't feel like I'm going to fit in, in that community. You know what I mean? Um, but maybe I would is like, I wonder if that's a judgment, you know what I mean? Like, cause that doesn't feel that community might not feel safe to me from the outside, yeah. you know, it's, but everyone finds their people, you know?
1: And if you think about, um, your past, mental stories about, Hey, I might not connect with you. And we've created this beautiful connection. Then, you know, it could be the same story that you're telling in other scenarios or other relationships or groups or things like that. I think there's always, I think there's always room to connect, like in any group or situation, if you can find like if you're going into it with like an open heart and you're not trying to get something out of it. Um, but I think that takes a lot of practice too, to be able to stand firm in your own belief and say, I, I don't need anything for me. I mean, that's unconditional. There's only one kind of love because conditional love ain't love, you know? So like when you can like know who you are and say, even if like, I don't fit into this group at all, I'm, i can still go and offer value by listening or being kind, um, or just like not saying a word and dipping out and knowing that that's the best move. You know, like, I feel like, I feel like it's possible to be able to find some connection in any, in any way, but it's like only if you guys, if both parties allow the walls down, you know, like they really have, then you have that deep connection, but I still feel like we can be, we can be kind even in communities that don't feel like our home, you know? Yeah.
0: I totally agree. I mean, kindness is, is like for me, I mean, even my son went to um, first grade was his first day today. And we had a talk last night about um, as, you know, now he's a big boy. He's not in kindergarten anymore. There's people under him. And we had to talk about kindness and about welcoming. You know, if you see someone sitting by themselves, make them feel welcome, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like, I feel like that's so important. Um, even for me, like, even if I don't connect with somebody, I don't want them to feel hurt or alone, you know, it's like, I still want them to be welcome in whatever space, because I don't think anybody deserves to feel alone, period. Like in any situation. Um, Cause that's just a really shitty feeling.
1: <laughs> All you have to do is like give a compliment or ask a question. Like you never know, like that one act of kindness could change someone's life when I started the shine tribe sisterhood I was I mean even to this day I celebrate and honor every soul that shows up but like in the beginning it was like extra like oh my god there's another girl like woohoo, you know and I remember this one chick came in and I was like welcome and I love what you're doing like what like so what do you do like Cause I'm always like, how can we help each other? How can we support and grow and like, you know? And, um, she was like, well, I build websites. And that was right. When I was starting to go, I I'm stepping out from behind the chair and like, I'm going to empower women. I'm going to coach women. I'm going to, you know, like, I'm going to do all these things. I had all of my big dreams, you know, but I'm like, I need a website. And when she said I build websites, I was like, oh my gosh, well, can you show me your work? What I didn't know when I just asked that simple question, Hey, what do you, what do you do? And can you show me? She was going to kill herself that night. She had children, many children. She had just gone through like some like reproductive surgery and like, she just wasn't in the right place. And she said, instead of killing herself, she had just shut down her website, deleted it. She said, I spent that entire night rebuilding it. So I could show you what I do. And I hired her and we worked together for many years and she helped me put together shine school. And she's still in very active important member in our elevated life community in my shine tribe sisterhood so you just never freaking know asking one simple question like hey what are you that's and this is what chris taught me he's like because i'm like i don't know how to not talk about drama these bitches are cray you know like what do i do and he goes babe just ask him what are you passionate about and i didn't know that that simple question would unlock not only me getting to fulfill bigger dreams that i had to help empower women because i realized people don't freaking know um, but that simple question unlocked so many different conversations in my clients that ended up them changing relationships, changing jobs, changing like h- homes and locations because they had never even taken the time to ask themselves that question. So I feel like if anything, if you want to be the change, you know, everyone's talking about be the change, be the change. Like, yeah we all know to love, but it takes practice. It's not, you know, it is easy, but it's not if you haven't been practicing it. Right. Right. And so I feel like if, if you could take anything away, it'd be like compliment someone and ask them, what are you passionate about? And that will unlock a deeper conversation that will build that connection that we all crave. We're craving it.
0: It's so crazy because one sentence or even a smile can completely change some shit. Mm -hmm. Uh, When I was dancing the last night at Hair Love, you came up to me out of nowhere and told me that I was beautiful or something like that. And I like it like caught me off guard in the best way. Like it was like, wait, like what? Like, no, nobody just says that like. And I just came up to you and gave you a hug because it was like, it made my night. And it was one sentence, mm. just one sentence. Like, that's it. Like, it's not that hard to be nice to people or because I don't, I know how many times I've thought things. and I just don't say them, mm. you know, maybe because, oh, that'll be awkward or what, you know what I mean? Whatever. And it's like, it, it encouraged me to say the thing, mm. you know, but doesn't
1: it feel so good? Like receiving compliments Yes. So can you imagine like, it wouldn't be awkward. It would be like, you just might change their night. So thank you for sharing that like full circle moment. Because I, if I said it, it was a genuine in the moment, like, oh my God, I see her joy. And that was you being authentic and just letting loose and not worrying if people are judging you because it, you, I mean, you were just glowing in the moment. Like, damn girl. She's like, just, it was just beautiful. I was and dancing so- like
0: a maniac in the rain. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it felt free and it felt, it felt good to me. So I felt like we need to honor that. And that's just like, I've spent so much, my nickname used to be Bitchney before all this, you know? So like I've spent so much time judging and criticizing and being mean and being, because it was a defense mechanism. You know, if I can be mean to you first and shut you down or hit, hit you where it hurts first or harder, then I'll be okay. Then you can't get to me. And that is not a healthy way to live. I learned that lesson. And so now I'm correcting my karma and I'm like, how many compliments, I'm giving compliments out like candy y'all. Like how, how much can I spread love and spread light? Because like, I I just feel like we are only given so much time. We, we don't know if we're going to wake up tomorrow. And if we're not living our best life and feeling good and making a difference and connecting with people, like, what are we doing? Like, really, what are we doing? So that's my mission is like, make people feel good when I'm in their presence and make sure that I feel good when I'm in my alone time.
0: Yeah. I was the same way. Um, high school and my early twenties, I, I was the same. Um, I would throw hands quick too. I was girl. Like, I
1: think that's that inner gangsta inside of us is like, girl. I, you know, we're yeah. spiritual gangsters. Okay.
0: <laughs> well, before we started this, um, when we were talking, you we were talking about being angry. I think that was my thing, and I think that's what I realized is I was very angry, and I didn't know I was angry until like February of this past year. <laughs> um, and, uh, it's interesting because there's one situation in particular, um, where I threw a drink on this girl and this girl triggered me because ma- and I'm not going to get into all of the whole reasoning, but it triggered me mainly because I know we would be like really good friends, especially now. So me and this girl now are Instagram friends last year, or the year before I sent her a message Cause we would talk back and forth. I apologized to her a couple years later in person, like briefly. Um, but I sent her like a real apology, like, Hey, I just want you to know, like, um, you know, like I'm not proud of that. Like I think about it all the time. Like, I'm sorry, blah, blah, blah. And now like, we're like great internet friends, <laughs> you know? And it's <laughs> like, it's, it was just, you think back at like, yeah, the anger. And I, I know why I can, sit here all day and talk about the why, you know, but it's like, how did it take so long to figure it out? Like, why does, yeah. Why, why is that?
1: Like, well, we, we, you know, un, we operate on unconscious patterns that are built up until about age 12. So until about age 12, 12, everything that you experience is hard. In fact, truth and belief to you. So if your parents said Santa Claus is real, it's real until you find proof or evidence as you grow older, or if you're like Chris and tell everyone in kindergarten, it's bullshit. Cause you call your dad out. Cause he's like, wait, why do they all say Santa? Where's your gifts? He's like, Santa ain't real. Those are all my, you know, like, unless you have one of those weird case scenarios, like right. you start to believe everything that you experience up until that that age. And then it becomes this unconscious pattern or habit that you live by. And something I was starting to share before we hit record and we're like, Oh shit, we got to hit record. Like things are happening was exactly, you know, getting back to that anger is, you know, Chris does hypnosis and we did this forgiveness meditation and we do it at my retreats because it's so freaking powerful. And he has you it's talk therapy. Basically you put someone in a listening chair and they can only listen. So it gives you the freedom to find it's kind of like an exercise we did at hair love, where you just talk for three minutes and you can't say anything, can't respond. And that's very uncomfortable for people, but it gives you that space to finally say everything you need to say. So you put, you know, you put people in the chair that you need to forgive. My dad goes in the chair, my uncle who called me Brickney, which then created this unconscious pattern that I thought I was fat when he told me that eight years old. So then I had this whole, like, well, I'm fat, I'm fat. And I I fucking manifested it through the emotional eating and all the things. And until I changed that story, I started to live a healthier life. You know, like I started to love my body and not be so like rejected t- towards it. And then I put myself in the chair, my 19 year old self, she was, Way overweight, black, short hair. I was, Hey, I was experimenting on myself, uh, piercings all over her face. And she just was like this ball of anger. And I asked her, I said, why were you so angry? And she replied to me, we, we swap places. And she said, because I had so much love to give and nobody to give it to. And it was in my almost late twenties, early thirties. I don't know how old I was when I, when we had this experience, but it was in that moment that everything shifted where I realized, oh my God, all I'm angry because I want to love, like Chris said, I met my wife for the first moment. Like for the first time I, I met who you really are. Like you're, you care, like you're not this angry, fuck the world. Let's talk shit about everyone kind of person. Like you want to love people. And that anger was a protection mechanism that we talked about that probably is picked up from young age. I mean, my mom literally said I got pregnant because I hoped that your dad would stop beating me. Like I came into trauma. Like I was born into drama, okay? So we've all experienced it. And if you haven't, or you're unconscious, like to it, like, you know, like if you haven't, hell yes, great job on the parents. And I don't think that this has to be a repeated pattern. I think the fact that you're having the conversation with your son about being kind and making people feel welcomed is exactly what's going to shift these passed down traumatic experiences that where we can, like they talk about in the cycle, like we can really end the cycle. And it starts with a conscious choice of choosing love and not repeating some of that stuff. And it was in that moment where I forgave myself and was like, it wasn't in all the boys I was sleeping with that I was going to get that love. It was giving it to myself. And that was a moment I started giving it to myself. And I even felt even like emancipated from my marriage. I was like, I feel so empowered. I don't need you. I, love, I mean, I <laughs> He's like, wait, wait, wait,
0: wait, wait. <laughs>
1: you know, he's fine with it. It's like, whatever is the, whatever's the best for both of us. But I felt like, I always felt like I needed to live up to even his expectations. Even when I was crushing it in business or like do, doing all the things, you know, I still felt like there was that layer of like, okay, but you know, am I making him happier? Am I doing you know, blah, blah, blah. and there was like this like I felt like under him in some kind of way. And it was in that moment where I realized like, no, I just have to love myself and I don't need his approval. I don't need his love. I don't need him to accept accept me in whatever, like, I don't need it. And when I did that for myself, he felt even more in love with me. I felt even more in love with me. And that was what real freedom felt like for the first time. I wasn't beating myself up anymore. And I actually got to experience like I am a loving person and I want to be loving. And I remember how awkward that was in the beginning. I, I was standing in Trader Joe's and I was like, what would a kind person do right now? literally I'm like, I need a bracelet. What would a kind person do right now? And I stood there and I was like, "Mm, awkward, awkward. What would I do? And I just, the lady behind me, we were, it was fall and we were buying besoms, which are like, Cinnamon scented like brooms or whatever. And I had a couple. I had a couple and she had one behind me. And I'm like, what? What are the odds that she would have? That's all she's checking out with. So when she was checking me out, I was like, hey, will you ring up an extra one? She kind of was like, okay, sure. And she rung up an extra one and I bought the one behind her and she just lit up. She was like, oh my God so nice. Thank you so much. And that made me feel so good. And it made her feel so good. And it was like this, we're all feeling so good, like feeling good orgy kind of thing going on. And like, even my husband felt good. Cause he was like, wow, that was really cool to witness. And even the Trader Joe's chick was like, wow, that I didn't even know, uh. you know, it was just like, what just happened? And all it was is like, what would a kind person do? I'm not saying you have to go buy everybody's everything, but in that moment, that's what felt right. That's what I was called to do. Maybe it's just listen. Maybe it's open the door for someone. I don't know what that is in the moment for you, but if we could just start operating a little bit more from that perspective, um, I, I just, I feel like we're going to heal. We're going to change the world. You know? I mean, that
0: could have been the kindest thing that that woman has had happen to her in a month. In and a year, different life. You just it's like
1: four ninety nine worth of million dollars worth of happiness. You yeah. Know?
0: I follow this account on Instagram of this guy. He essentially has like a, he um, has people donate money and then people tell him what to do with it. And it'll be like, um, go into a Walmart. And if you see a mom with kids, ask her to buy this, a dollar notebook. And if she says yes, give her $500. And like, so he does these things. And and basically if the person is kind, so like, Hey, like, do you mind buying me this banana? And the person's like, yes, he'll give him a thousand dollars or whatever. And just, Watching those videos, one, it's kind of sad because the person that's receiving the money is like, you can this the distrust in their face at the beginning is just like so apparent, which is kind of sad, you know. But then, like, when they realize that he's actually giving them like cash, like, here is money for you for no reason other than you were nice to me, and it's just like a lot of them cry, you know, it like made. Their day, their life, their month, their year, whatever, and it's like it's so inspiring to see that because it, like, even just me as somebody watching it on Instagram, it makes me feel so good. And it's like I just want to go throw money at people, <laughs> like
1: you know. That's called the strip club, honey. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I love me some strip clubs. Don't oh, me. I
1: do. see. I knew, <laughs> I knew us back in the day. Like ugh, we would have been trouble. We would have been double trouble for sure. So thank thank God us for enlightening
0: ourselves. I have a question for you. Um, speaking yeah. of, uh, you know, kind of doing your own thing and not really caring what people think, you recently did a, um, a retreat, basically a weed retreat, essentially. Did you get pushback from that? I mean, I know that you have like a good following of people that wouldn't, but like, did you have any? Um,
1: I did have some, I joked and said, I I attract all the stony baloney. So I really had a good amount of people that were like, Actually, there were hairdressers that then started smoking on their stories and wanting to let people in more into their morning rituals because of that. So for me, first and foremost, that was like cool and unexpected. Were there a couple of haters, like one or two? Yes. My team were was like, let me educate you on this really quick. And so it was really cool to see how they responded to that. I didn't even get the I didn't even get the opportunity. I was like, whoa, you guys are already on. Was that. it like
0: comment haters or was it, was it like comment
1: haters like, um, how can you say you're spiritual and smoke? Like, well, let's educate you on how this is possible. You know what I'm saying? Like consciousness, expanding plant from God, like, let's talk about this. You know what I mean? So um, it was really cool to see that that was like two, two, I feel like there was two, two. And they were just like, give me a break, you know, like, okay, thanks for letting me know how you feel. But I really didn't get too much push pushback. What I did get was a lot of really kick-ass sponsors that are cannabis related products that I would, you know, one, we do sponsored products and we promote brands, you know, as part of the retreat, but I even had other brands reach out, you know, like, Hey, I saw you just did this weed retreat. We'd love to send you these products. Like, okay. Like, well, that's cool. So I feel like more than anything, I got unexpected, um, uh, i don't know the right word for it like inspiring people to be more real and to be open and i for me personally um live in a state that isn't legal so for me i've kept it kind of like on the dl for so long because of that one specific reason and i just thought you know what i don't give a fuck anymore like i just who cares like i this Perhaps is they're going to break like,
0: down your door cuz you
1: you know are, <laughs> are you me? like are are really are we kidding here and so i just like you know what, this, this is how it is. This is what we're doing. And we were doing it in Colorado. So it also felt like, Hey, we're doing it in a place that's legal. So what are you going to say about it? You know what I mean? So it was definitely like there, and it's not fear. It's just like playing smart, you know, like, Hey, I was gangsta in the day. We bit, we've had our, we've had our deal with the five Oh, okay. Yeah. You've got to play smart. <laughs> all right. So I just feel like it, this was, um, a really cool experience that broke open a lot of people and people that didn't even smoke weed came to the retreat. And I'm like, and after their application, I'm like, you know, this is a weed retreat, right? Like <laughs> we, and it's not like, Oh, this is a weed retreat. Like we're just smoking weed all the time. Like right.
0: there's more to it.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was a goddess retreat, but weeds allowed because what had happened is all the re- goddess retreats that I had done before everyone was sneaking J's in. I'm like, all right, let's just be real about it. Like, I see what you guys are doing, you know, like, and if that's going to make you feel more comfortable and relaxed then like, let's go for it. Let's, let's do it. So it really was created by pure Asking all of the goddesses saying, like, yes, let's do one in Colorado. That would be amazing. And so I thought, well, they're asking me for it. And they were the ones also asking for the couples retreat that were like, okay, we're doing, you know, like, and everyone. Right. Hair loves like couples retreat. So I just listen to what the universe is mirroring back to me. And that's what we talked about in the beginning is I'm just paying attention. Your clients are telling you what they want, your clients are telling you what they like. You know, like people, your friends are telling you, everyone's telling you. You're telling yourself in the stories that you're telling other people. So if you just listen, and for me, that was just this is what they want. I get given the people what they want. And I mean, it's a passion of mine. So why wouldn't I involve all of it together? So well the it, real
0: question is the important question is the weed provided at the weed retreats? <laughs> oh my
1: God, duh. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And it was interesting because of course everyone, like the second you cross the border, everyone's in a shop. So everyone showed up with their own goods. There was a community goods. There was donated goods from people. Like it was just, it was really, it was really cool to see. I was like, what did we just create here? Like, this was so fun. And Chris and I have talked a lot about our couples retreat. We'd like to have psilocybin ceremonies for people. And so I feel like this is, I mean, we're just, Shaman, we're just modern day shaman is what it is. Like we're not, we're not here. You know, like we're here to heal and change. We're using it in a. pot. We didn't start recreational drugs until we were almost thirty. So this it's like so
0: crazy to me.
1: I Even know back in the day when you were like angry. Nope, and I, my God, had I had weed freaking when I was nineteen, I probably would have been like way more chill. Like I caught my mom smoking weed at a really young age and I was traumatized by it. So I was like, I'm never smoking weed because I don't want to be like you. And I mean that was just my belief system hard and fast. And then it took, it took a, a freaking Joe Rogan stand-up talking about mushrooms for me to even like open my mind to the idea. And I did mushrooms before I did even smoke weed. So it was very interesting how it all it really how was, was that? In- the life changing. I went vegan. I started smoking weed. Like I started being happy, like all the things that I knew needed to change in my life became so clear in that moment. Um, and even the trauma and the pain that I was carrying still and like my own self criticism and doubt and fear all of that was illuminated through that process and so for me it was like coming into it with lots of i mean he's my husband's an aquarius so he read every book we watched all the documentaries we were very well educated in coming into this experience so it was not just like hey man i'm doing this and nothing wrong with that like that's my mom i've been doing this since i was 14 and that's just like a part of my life and that's cool like it's totally cool and now it's a part of our life i get it mom i even called an ex-boyfriend and was like hey man I'm really sorry that I broke up with you because you smoked weed. Like that was pretty lame of me. So I wish you would have talked me into it, but it's cool, you know, like my bad.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's funny how that works. I think back. So for me, like I, growing up, weed, mushrooms, and ecstasy, I liked to do. And when I was a child, I was in high school. Like, I mean, I enjoyed them all, but cocaine and uppers were a big no-go for me. And I remember, um, like two specific boyfriends at the time that I would find out they did coke and it was like, I was like, hell no. And, you know, and it's just funny now. I mean, they weren't meant for me anyway, but <laughs> but it is funny now looking back of trying to like kind of control, you know, other people and what they enjoy doing or, you know, it, it's it's kind of funny. But um, the weed thing is interesting because and especially what you were just saying about being scared to kind of say something before it became legal. So I just did a podcast with Sophia. Um, it was like two podcasts ago. We just became legal in Virginia in July. And it was the first time that I ever admitted that I'm a weed smoker on my podcast or in like a public thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but I quit for like five years cause I was heavy when I was younger, like all the time yeah. and then quit for like five years. And then 2020 kind of brought it back for me. I just needed to numb my mind and, Um, but I was scared to tell people or talk about it besides people that know me personally, you know? And, and, um, I have a friend who we were, she kind of brought up like, why, like, why are, why is it so stigmatized still, you know, when, I mean, anyone can post a truly in their stories or a glass of wine, um, you know, and it's like, it's, I think it's changing. I'm glad it's changing, um, but it, it's interesting cause it kind of rolls back into what people think, you know, like, yeah,
1: I mean, it, it could be what people think, or, you know, for me, it was like, I don't want to, this is, a, you know, like I'm not trying to get busted, but it's interesting if you care what people think, like, as far as, are they going to judge me because I do this? Like, I feel like people that judge you for smoking weed are just uneducated and how it the science behind it the the medical um benefits behind it like it's just it's such a stigmatized thing it you know i, I we could get into a whole long conversation yeah. about we'll how have to became, do a whole de- we'll do a pot we podcast need, we need a whole cannabis conversation sister but like how it became illegal it was marketing marketing made it illegal like it's just some it's just bullshit and i what think was that
0: commercial what was it it was like it, it'll kill you like it's like very intense and terrifying I mean, they- they even made up the name
1: marijuana. So it sounded like it was from a, it was a Mexican drug, which it's called cannabis. It's not marijuana. And so it's just really interesting how it's, you know, been manipulated for a period of time. It was illegal to not grow hemp for the war. So it's like, well, what are we, what are you trying to do here? Like, do you want us to grow it? Do you not want us to grow it? Like what is happening? And I, I just feel like there's, there's some, this is a whole nother podcast too. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> The changes from the corporation and the, and and the ripple effect of like who's in power and how we're doing it, the school system, like literally, in my opinion, every single thing needs to change. And what 2020 taught me is that we do as a collective society have the ability to shift overnight people, six feet signs and mask signs and protocols got implemented overnight. And so if we want to change for the better and not out of fear and no, you know, this isn't a debate. You can feel your way. I can feel mine is whatever, but I don't want to be changing out of fear. I want to be changing out of love for better connection, better resources, better availability. I mean, we were in Costa Rica and there's mangoes all over the ground. There's bananas everywhere. I'm like food grows abundantly. Why are we not growing fruit trees more in like, why are we not growing vegetable gardens? Like we used to do back when the war was happening. We have these victory gardens. Like there's so many things that we need to get back to that would make a huge difference. I mean, hell, t- teaching kids in school, meditation, yoga, how to protect their energy. Kids are wide open, little freaking energy ball sources. And they don't know that parents don't know that. So they don't teach their kids that, but we're starting to have those conversations more and more that there are techniques and there are things that we can do to help, you know, understand these like new, I believe all the children that are being born now are like a new level of evolved, They're more evolved and they're gonna grow up a lot faster. They have fucking YouTube, man. Like they're just, they're gonna blow us out of the water with the knowledge and the way that they operate. I mean, kids are just different these days. And so I just feel like there needs to be a new, we just have to update all the rules. Chris and I do that in our relationship. Every Thursday we update the rules. How's our sex life? How are we eating? Are we spending t- too much time with too many people? Do we need to are we overworking? Like we just kind of run through the like the basics list of like, hey, are our, our bases? being met are they all seven or above and if we find like oh nope we're spending too much time with people then we need to like correct that so that everything's operating at a seven or above and you you usually wait until it totally depletes or you burn out in one of those categories before you make those changes and that's why i'm saying i do believe it is possible to not burn out or not hit rock bottom or like suffer so much that if you just did a weekly assessment and you were honest with yourself, like, yep, I've been overeating. Like, so I'm going to clean up. I'm going to count my calories. I'm going to meal prep. I'm going to, whatever I need to do. That's a positive solution to combat the issue that I was having last week. Let's try implementing that now. And so it really can be that simple. And so that's our life. We just assess the rules. And I feel like I love that. Our society has not assessed the rules in a long fucking time. We've just been like on this old cycle that is clearly crumbling. Like things aren't, you know, things are changing more and more people are starting to like homeschool, you know, like I don't like the way that things are operating. I'm going to take responsibility for how I want to, you know, experience life or my children to experience life. And I think that's really powerful.
0: I think it's interesting because I think that it could go either way. And this is something I've been talking about for a while, because we have all of these. We can do more now in one day than we were able to do in like two weeks. But some of us are using that to an advantage to better themselves, their lives, all you know, the world, whatever. But some people are just using it to be lazy. And I think it's going to be interesting, um, you know, especially again, having a kid like we talk about this a lot with with you know about him because it's like do we you know i don't want you on the screen but are we hindering him for later because that is going to be the future like it's this like hard what do you do to make the latter happen like i want him to use technology to as an advantage but how do you kind of manipulate that because i do think it could go either way you know, I love that we're able to communicate easier and things like that, but it's also causing a lot more issues in other areas. So it's like, I don't think we'll ever live in that like utopia life that we all want, unfortunately, as much as I wish that would happen. Um, but it's like navigating it within your own life is is, it's interesting. You know, it's, I don't know. How do you feel about that? Like, as far as like, I guess, technology and how it can be the best thing and possibly the worst thing.
1: Yeah. I mean, I definitely agree. I, especially if nature is the way that I go to restore. So like the further we get disconnected from nature, I think the, the worse it can be, but just like anything, it has two sides of the coin. Um, You can use it for good or use it for bad. So I think it's like the intention behind the user, you know what I mean? And if you can balance like, Hey, we use this for schoolwork and, and we're, you know, like building things, or if you want to X, Y, Z, this is what we use, but also here's the importance of going out into nature and disconnecting and not being on social media, you know? So I feel like it really is the intention behind the user. I think we can't, I personally, like, because I have to like hold the hope, like, I really think we can live there, but I think there's going to be a lot of things that need to happen. I don't know, like if that means it'll be in this lifetime, but I think we can certainly pave the way for that to happen. Um, especially with old culture, like not to be morbid, but like dying off, like people are stubborn. They don't want to change and it isn't working for them. That's why they're not happy and not healthy, whatever their story is, you know what I mean? And so, um, yeah, I, I do have hope for the future, but I feel like it's going to require balance and intention behind, you know, like living mindfully. Why, how do we use this? Why do we use this? What are the negative effects? I mean, for example, Chris just got a new phone and on the back of the box, it no shit says warning, cancer causing blah 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 like our phones cause cancer they fucking tell us on the box and we just use them and hold them and put them in our butts and <laughs> our balls and on our brain like what in the hell like so i just think we need to bring more mindfulness to what we're doing and how it affects us and I mean, we see, like, I hear it all the time. My, my clients say the more time my kids spend on the screen, the fucking angrier they are or the crazier they are. So I think it's just going to require like you teaching and I chose not to have kids. So just take what I say with a grain of salt. But from my perspective, it's just educating the child on the the pros and cons of, of it, and then giving other solutions and options and making sure that everything's balanced.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that one of the biggest issues we're gonna see, especially like with the younger generation is they have zero patience because they <laughs> don't, they, they need no patience. My son, if he wants to watch an episode of Paw Patrol, He can put on that episode immediately. Like he doesn't even know what rewinding of VHS
1: is (laughs) like. I literally was having this conversation 10 minutes before this podcast with Chris. I said, kids these days don't understand patience. They didn't have to wait for the song to come on the radio so they could record it on their cassette tape. They don't know. I, I said they don't know about crumbling up that paper and stick it in the top of that cassette tape because you want to re-record over it. Like they don't know nothing. They don't nothing. know about knocking on your friend's door to see if they're available to play. You know. So I do feel like that. That's why it is our job as that like last hope before they get trapped in that technology world. I mean, we can we can go one of two ways. We can go how Atlantis went, where they developed their technology so well and so much, but they were disconnected personally. They blew themselves up. Like, and again, read some books, go check it out, explore it, see what feels good for you. But I can see how we would go there. You know what I mean? I could see how that is like, we could easily blow ourselves up with the technology that we have right now, but there's enough of us. I believe, especially in like mine and your generation of like, or our generation of like people who didn't have dial up, like there was no internet as a kid, you know what I mean? Like literally (laughs) like the people that still know that life we are the turning point for how do we, how do we help gear that our the younger generation to still have that patience, to still be appreciative of what blessings we have, because we can do things in 24 hours that we couldn't do for like probably a whole fucking year. Cause I had to travel by boat. You had to wait for that. And they might've died from the pirates. You just like, you know, like, yeah. It's crazy how much we're advanced. And so I just, I think it's going to take people like us and our generation to say, you know, this is great and we can use this to our advantage, but let's also remember the basic natural principles and like the laws of like earth, you know what I mean? Like it shows us that things aren't done overnight. Like nature takes time to bloom. It takes nine months to create a baby, you know, like it doesn't happen overnight. And so patience is like literally like a a good lesson written, you know, in nature. So I just feel like if we can balance both and teach those like old, old school wise principles um, and not let those get lost, I think we can, I think we can do both. I mean, I meditate before I get on and answer emails, you know what I mean? Like I really feel like we can, That way I'm not like, you know, like I'm getting crunk. No, I'm coming from a centered place. I feel calm. Everything's good. Like, oh, I can respond with love now. So just feel like it's going to take small changes, but definitely conscious choice.
0: Well, and it has to change, you know, especially if we're speaking of the next generation, it has to change with the parents. Like patience mm-hmm. is something I've had to learn just having him. Cause I'm, I was not a patient person. I, I think I'm fairly patient now for the most part. Um, but that, take, that takes practice too, you know, it's yeah. all a part of it.
1: A hundred percent. I mean, I went to go see a psychic when all this shit was happening in my life. I'm like, I got to talk to somebody who knows something. She goes, honey, patience is your lesson in this lifetime. I'm like, I know, like- I just see things in my head and it should just be here. Like we should just have it. Like that's how it works. Right. Um, but I, no, when she told me that, it gave me total permission to just chill the fuck out. It was like, oh, well, if that's what's going to be hard for me, then how about anytime I'm put in like situations where I start to feel myself being impatient? I can just recognize that and be like, oh, hey, girl, this is one of those moments, like calm down. And that happened for me. This is why I tell people all the time don't ask for patience. That's a terrible way to get it because you're going to go through some fucked up lesson where you have to cultivate it. It's not just given to you, you can't just go buy it at Target. It takes time to cultivate, it's a practice, right? And so I said to the universe, I went to a Brenda Bruchard marketing conference and it was 2000 people. And it was a lot for my little sensitive impasse self. And I did not bring enough crystals. I, I hadn't been in a room with that many people in a long time, you know, like for like whatever. And so on the first night I, w- I had an energy headache. I was overwhelmed. I'm like, Whoa, that was loud music. Like it was people. Oh my God. Talk to like 700 people. Holy shit. <laughs> I remember like, you know, like doing some meditation, put all my crystals on my chakras. And I was like, please just give me patience for tomorrow. And boy, did I get a lesson? My car light came on that there was a check engine. Then this didn't happen. And then the tire, this thing, then we went on a whole wild goose chase of like, we got to figure out what's wrong with this rental car. Cause we're about to drive to Sedona and we need it to be in working condition from Phoenix. Like can't yeah, right break down in the desert. So we spent our whole lunchtime trying to figure out what this fucking car thing was. They sent it to to another dealership. Then they couldn't help us all to find out that, oh, they just forgot to reset it here. We just turned the line Uh, off. It's of course, mother lover. I mean, and it started from the beginning. I mean, that was just one moment. It was our flight was canceled to get to that, to get to that conference Our Car rental was in the long, wrong location. They were supposed to come pick us up. They forgot to come pick us up. It was just moment after moment after moment of just test, 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 test. And it was very interesting. If we're going to talk about weed and patience, this was the this was my biggest reward for patience. And I so I'm like, patience rules. I'm doing that. So we then on another day of the conference we're vegan. So, you know, we like look up all the vegan restaurants and the one plant-based pizza. I'm like, duh, we want pizza. It was like 25 minutes away. So it was like a good chunk of our time, like just to get there, to get the pizza so we're like, not in a rush, but we're like, we want to get back We, you know, we want to be at this conference. So we drive to plant-based pizza. And, and again, this has been test after test after fucking test. I'm like, good God, please stop. <laughs> um, we're standing in line at plant-based pizza and the lady in front of us is just like taking her sweet ass time, changing her order. It's been like seven minutes. I'm like, good Lord. But what I had decided was I'm being patient. I'm being pa- Cause I had felt all the patience, like all the energy started to drain out of my face. And I'm like, anger is coming up. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, I see you anger. I'm aware. No, thank you. I'm going to choose to be present and I'm going to be okay. So I'm focusing on my breathing and I'm like, like, okay, what can I focus on in the present moment? And what I noticed is that every single thing in his place was decorated. The sides of the tables had positive quotes written on it. The TV frame was painted lime green. Like there was one thing he didn't touch. That wasn't like some kind of, and you know, we're creatives. Like we want to create beautiful things like in the hair or I don't know. I love to decorate. So like anything, making it pretty, I love doing. And so I'm just obsessed with like, Oh my God, look how much magic he's put into this. There's been so much effort and coloring and stickers and all the things. So I decided to get lost in that. And we finally made our order and we sat down and I saw that their smoothies were $4 and 20 cents. And I'm like, I just, I just really gotta, I just really gotta get me one of those. And we had made the conscious choice that we're not going to smoke on this trip, even though it's California, we're going to take a break because we choose to take breaks. Like we're very conscious about that. So it doesn't turn into like, are we misusing this medicine? So we were like, we're going to take a break, focus, use our logic brain, like focus on marketing. Right. So we were like, we're not doing it. So we get to this place, it's 420. I'm like, oh, I just feel like an omen. Like, I'm just, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and get one of those smoothies. So I walk back up and I order a smoothie. And this time, the guy that had been working in the back, he was like making the pizzas. He had come up and he started asking me questions. How'd you hear about this place? It's, so, oh, happy cow, like vegan, traveled to all these different places, yada, you know, store conversation started. Right. So I go sit down and he walks over and delivers my smoothie and he goes, you know, you just, you guys really seem to know a lot about being vegan. And you just were so patient earlier. I was like, so what? And I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, recognition for my patient. I'm like, booyah, lesson passed. So he's like, man, you guys were just so patient. He goes, do you smoke weed? I was like, fuck. Yeah. And like, there was no hesitation. He's like, come with me. I'm like, I don't know what's about to happen but we
0: <laughs> but I'm going. <laughs> the
1: opportunity has presented I am going. So he walks us back he ends up being the owner of the building or of the restaurant. He walks us back through the kitchen. We go into the office and it's this fucking blacklight utopia of quotes everywhere he had these shelves with handmade bongs out of different liquor bottles like I just was like what I'm like wiping my (laughs) eye like where am I I'm like in Willy Wonka weed land right now I don't even know what has just happened and he closes the door and we sit down and he presents this like you know like the beakers and like chemistry with like it was like a beaker fucking holder of all these different bowls preloaded with different kinds of weed and he was like here just take your pick I'm like what what what? what is happening right now I'm like I just okay sure this one looks really pretty and we just start smoking and he's like you know we've done uh, we've done lifetimes together before he's like you too I mean he just goes into like he was a freaking 40 year old tattooed skater Tibetan celibate monk I mean, this guy was what? a straight up earth angel. Like he he appeared out of the ethers. I don't that restaurant doesn't even exist anymore there. I'm like, that was created for our moment, right? And so patience was rewarded. He said, I just, you know, I was watching you in line behind that lady, and you just were so patient. You didn't get frustrated. You didn't treat my employees rude. You weren't like, Oh my God, hurry up, you know. Like, what was that? And so he goes, I just wanted to like honor that. I'm like, oh my God. And we ended up helping, he was like heartbroken from like some marriage shit so he went celibate and all this but I think him meeting us gave him permission that like love is possible again like you can be like it was just it was just this crazy whirlwind I felt like we were there for 19 hours but it was like 30 minutes and I, I just I was so blown away by that experience when we left I told Chris I was like no offense bro but like that was even cooler than our wedding. Like that was like one of the top moments of my life. Like that was just so weird. The conversation, it wasn't just the weed. It was just the how everything like, because I was patient, they, he noticed that, you know, just like we had stories to tell each other. I mean, it was just, it was the weirdest thing. And I ended up like leaving a quote, like with some permanent marker pen on the table, like I just, what? I don't even know. We ended up going back there a couple of days later. And he was like, I've been telling all my employees about you guys. I'm like, well, I need some more of that pizza and that weed. Like, and it was just like this crazy magical experience. So I feel like if we can just chill the fuck out, pay attention, notice the miracles, you will, it will be so much easier to say yes. When they show up, I could have said like, No, I could have just been like, no, we're not smoking right now. We're going to be strict. You know, like I just went with the flow of what felt good. And I feel like we are always there. Like when they say, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. And the truth is, I feel like even the teacher, when teaching the student, and I know, you know, this as a coach, we're teaching ourselves and we're also reflecting back the lessons that we are learning and understanding as well. So I just think if we could pay attention, all the answers are there. They're within us or they're being reflected back to us.
0: That's beautiful. Do you think of that man? Every time you like, you feel like I send him a Christmas pizza? card every year. <laughs> I love that. I, do.
1: I send him a Christmas card every year because that was just one of those crazy, like you're an angel. You're here to remind us some things. We're here to remind you of some things. And like, mm, thanks for the good pizza. You know what I mean? That's awesome.
0: That's so yeah. awesome. Britt, I could talk to you all day long. So I feel like we're going to have to do like another podcast where we can like dive deeper into even more shit. Um, I want you to tell the listeners before we end, I'm going to ask you one last question before, but I want you to tell the listeners where they can find you all the places, the podcast shine school, everything.
1: Oh, Holy smokes. Okay. So (laughs) everything you can find at britneycarmichael.com. Um, I hang out on Instagram a lot at the world by Brit, and I have a private Facebook community hashtag shine tribe sisterhood. If you go to any of those places, you should be able to find all the things, including my Oracle deck, coaching, the elevated life. The podcast is on every week. I do a live Woo Wednesday reading that's on there too. So I think the I think Brittany Carmichael.com is going to be the best place to start. There's so much free stuff on self love and empowering your mindset that it'll get you started and we can get connected through
0: there. Awesome. Last question, and I'm going to start asking every guest this question. Hit me with it. I want to know which quote unquote failure that has happened in your life. That has been the biggest gift.
1: Mm. There's so many, but I think I just have to honor what is showing present is that every time I tried to open my own like big salon, the universe slammed the door in my face with, well, you can't have water piped in that thing, or this won't happen or that won't happen. And I feel like that just, Kept giving me permission to like, I don't have to live up to everyone else's big hairstylist dreams to like own a salon or be a platform artist. And no offense, if that's your goal, like fucking crush it, man. But if it's not your goal and you're trying to go after that, I feel like that just kind of gave me permission to, you know what, no, owning a suite, doing my own thing and keeping it chill and going in at 12 and not having fucking rules and all the things. It's like, that's what feels good for me. So I think, um, man, I feel like that would probably be, I felt like a failure in the time. Like I I'm supposed to open a salon. Like I could do this. I know I'm good enough to do this, but would it have brought me the most joy? Maybe not. So I feel like that, I don't know. There's so many, I feel like I want to tell you about all the things. Like, (laughs) let me tell you about all the things like, I don't know. But that's the first one that comes up is like, stop trying to live other people's biggest expressions of their dreams and visions. If it's not in alignment with what you want, the universe is not going to, it's it's not going to be easy getting there. It's probably going to keep shutting the door in your face. And it doesn't mean that you're a failure. It just means that you're being redirected to something that is even better. And I think giving myself permission to Explore what is that better option for me was the greatest blessing because it turned into working in a suite for 15 years. It was me and women one on one, nobody else, no distractions, no drama, no backroom, no backroom beauty talks with other hairstylists. I ate lunch with my clients. Like it was just us, and that gave me the space and opportunity to learn how they think and feel about themselves. And ultimately, that's probably the best gift because now I can help empower women to love themselves without
0: hitting rock bottom. I love that absolutely beautiful. Great ending Brit. Ooh. Once again, thank you so, so much. I can't wait to hang out with you in person again. Cause it will happen. It absolutely <laughs> is going to happen. We like some,
1: something went down in Zion for sure. Oh yeah. Created Fun. serious bonds.
0: I just feel like we need Zion like at least once every couple of months now though. <laughs>
1: I agree. Can we pick the months that aren't over a hundred degrees? Agreed.
0: <laughs> I wouldn't even mind some snow, actually.
1: <laughs> oh, that could be interesting. Yeah. Britt, thank you so much. I appreciate the opportunity to connect and to share and to let my little sparkle magic infiltrate.
0: <laughs> it's sleeping into my pores every time we talk. <laughs> I can see you're glowing. You really are glowing. <laughs> Once again, thank you so much for listening to Backroom Beauty Talks. If you like this podcast, I say it every episode and I'm going to say it again. Please give it a share. Um, If you feel so inclined even leaving a review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or whatever the hell that app is called, um, please do so. Uh, Don't forget to tag me, Misty Jane, and also do not forget to tag um, at Backroom Beauty Talks on Instagram and I will talk with you on the next one.